Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a special series of discussions about US politics and the Trump presidency, or as we journalists call it, the gift that keeps on giving. I'm Freddie Gray, I'm Deputy Editor of The Spectator. Today I'm joined by Paul Wood of the BBC and we're going to be asking, is pornography going to bring down Donald Trump? Paul, it's already been said quite a lot that there's now a race on between the porn stars and the Russia inquiry to bring down Trump. Who do you think is winning that race at the moment? Well, the porn stars are part of the tabloid reality that President Trump has shifted America into. This was his life before and now it's the life of the nation. Some exciting news for spectator readers. Uh, Apparently the porn star Stormy Daniels, who accuses Mr Trump of carrying on an affair and then trying to silence her, did some photo shoots for the pornographic magazine Hustler when she was young and trying to break into the porn business, which were not published at the time. Now, of course, she has currency. These will be available shortly for everybody, courtesy of Larry Flint, publisher of Hustler magazine. Blimey. Just another day in Trump's America. Do you think, I mean, just on that, do you think, you know, that my, my thought on this is often she's clearly an outrageous self-publicist. She doesn't seem to have given up her pornography career, judging by her Twitter account. How much should we believe anything she says? A lot of people I spoke to simply found her a very credible witness on 60 Minutes. Now, that could be because she's a good actress. Uh, she's looking to monetize this. One political consultant said, you know, Stormy Daniels, she'll make five million. The next woman who comes along, she'll make half a million. The woman after that will be opening supermarkets in Fort Lauderdale, Florida for $5,000. So, you know, there may be a sort of rush by all the Trump women, but the fact that we can even have a discussion about whether this particular porn star or that particular Playboy model is more credible than the president shows you that we are in a new reality here in the United States or a reality that was always there but is now front and centre in the nation's life. For all the kind of amusement over this, and by the way, I hear that the nickname for President Trump in Washington DC now is Spanky. For people who didn't watch the Stormy Daniels interview, she claimed that her first encounter with him involved her rolling up a copy of Forbes magazine on which he was on the cover and spanking him with it. Uh, If anybody thinks this is just us poking fun at the president, Ben Veniste, who's former Watergate prosecutor, said... The president now is going around Washington, D.C., trying to find lawyers who know about impeachment to defend him and can't find them because they worry they won't get paid. They worry that he may not tell the truth. They worry that he won't take their advice. But also they worry about representing a guy whose nickname is Spanky. It's reputational damage for them. So all these things have political import. I can't help thinking that the media, we sort of giggle about it aside, and I'm as guilty of this as the, as the next person, But quite often journalists, even the people interviewing Stormy Daniels, are pretending that this is a very grave and important matter when really they are just being salacious. I mean, I thought Anderson Cooper was very guilty of doing that. Well, Anderson had a very furrowed brow and serious expression. I thought he carried the whole thing off rather well. And this is a guy who's done serious stories. He's gone around the world covering disasters and wars. And now he's interviewing Stormy Daniels. Let's not forget that President Clinton came within a hair's breadth of being removed from office over what essentially was allegations that he tried to to force himself on a young employee, Paula Jones, who accused him of exposing himself to her. He was deposed in a lawsuit, which opened the way to questions about what other women are there. And he eventually lost his law licence for five years, had to settle for $850,000, and was impeached by the House of Representatives in the US Congress. That started with allegations of a blowjob or an attempted blowjob and, and ended up in the whole US system of government being paralysed for a year over President Clinton's impeachment. So all of these women 
pose a perjury trap for President Trump if he is deposed in civil lawsuits. All of these women have entangled President Trump in legal proceedings which may have far-reaching ramifications. The perjury trap would have to be after he's president, is that right? Uh, That's a good question, I don't know. Not a lawyer, but one can imagine now he is deposed. Are you the the person who was benefiting from this non-disclosure agreement of Stormy Daniels? And by the way, are there any other women? And on it goes. There is a way into this for the Mueller inquiry in that the Stormy Daniels payment may have been an illegal campaign donation, or that's the allegation, by Trump's lawyer, Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen is alleged to have done various other things with President Trump, and you get a kind of circular benefit. Trump does something for Cohen, Cohen does something for Trump. This is very much in Mueller's backyard. Stormy Daniels' story is also a story about alleged intimidation. Coburn reported in The Spectator that she had been run off the road. This was not confirmed by her in the 60 Minutes interview, or not repeated by her certainly not confirmed. She told another story about somebody threatening her and her child after she tried to go public the first time in 2011. This is starting to be picked up in social media, and I'm sure this will worry Trump. Um, Megyn Kelly, the TV reporter who has clashed many times with President Trump, is now um, pointing people to sections in her autobiography in which she claims that Corey Lewandowski, then Trump's campaign manager, rang up her boss then at Fox and threatened her with a rough couple of days. She thought that was an attempt, an attempt to intimidate her. And then she has a bizarre story about somebody poisoning her coffee when she was moderating the debate, the first debates in the primaries with the Republicans, to try to take her out of that debate because Trump didn't like her. Now, all of this sounds ridiculous. It, it sounds absurd. This is the tabloid reality that America has been shifted into. But for Trump supporters, this stuff is real. And who knows, maybe there is a factual basis to it. It could have real consequences. Yeah, I think it's probably fair to say that what people call the Trumpists are loyal to him no matter what. A lot of them are anyway. But that perhaps a lot of people who voted for Trump are beginning to get exhausted and a bit disgusted by certainly the pornography stuff and, and exhausted by Russia and are just a bit fed up with Trump already. Do you think is that fair to say? And is it reflected in the polling? Well, I saw one poll that said that his approval ratings were up 7% after the Stormy Daniels interview. And there's a certain kind of Trump supporter who is continues to be angry at Washington, D.C. And anything which might be unacceptable in polite society, don't forget the Axis Hollywood tape, grab them by the pussy, that didn't knock him out of the race. A lot of his supporters thought, go Donald, you're showing them. There's an element of that here. Now, his approval ratings are pretty low. He hasn't done things like build the wall. He's now apparently saying that the US military should build the wall, something that, you know, I think the US military would be horrified if they were asked to do. There was an opinion piece in the Washington Post yesterday which said that a huge backlash is coming when, in the words of the Post, Trump supporters realise they've been lied to, um, that, that he hasn't been doing for them what he said he would do. Now, Trump on the campaign trail has been fairly different from Trump in office, but maybe we're seeing Trump coming back to, you know, let Donald be Donald, as Corey Lewandowski is supposed to have said, with the appointment of people like John Bolton as National Security Advisor. Maybe we're going to see the kind of rather bellicose, uh, robust, in-your-face Trump that we know of old. So a lot of things can happen, but while opinion polls are going up and down, we have the midterms looming. And if, as one person who used to be close to Trump said to me, the Republicans are 50 seats down in the House, the Democrats gain control, and then it's a gavel-to-gavel proctology exam of Trump in all these committees which are looking at Russia, then you are looking at impeachment very fast. So, you know, opinion polls matter insofar as they may change what happens in the Congress.
But, I mean, if it's true that something like the Stormy Daniels interview can give Trump a small bump in the polls, does that not suggest, without wanting to sound too fogeyish and reactionary, does that not suggest a society whose morality has collapsed that's not just going to the dogs but gone to the dogs? Look, this is a country which has changed massively over the past 50 years. You know, that's the appeal of people like Pat Buchanan, who's not in public life anymore, but had this kind of, and Bill O'Reilly, this kind of nostalgic view of America in the 50s. And porn just didn't exist in the 50s, or it was underground. It was something that people brought in brown paper bags. Now it's an industry worth billions of dollars. Reality TV is an industry worth billions of dollars, and Trump had mastered that medium and used it and used his Twitter following to appeal over the heads of what he would see as the corrupt liberal media to the electorate directly. And you can call that you know, the end of civilization, or you can call it just the kind of country that America is today. But this is um, the kind of country which Trump had prospered in very much financially before he became president, he knows how to play this game. I often think that Trump is a lot like Pat Buchanan just without the morality. And perhaps if Pat Buchanan hadn't had the morality, then he would have been more successful as a presidential candidate. Look, there are underlying reasons why President Trump was successful, and some of those are economic. The ordinary working man and woman in this country has seen their real income decline or, or hold steady, but basically decline for decades, while there is a sort of upper middle class, you know, Harvard educated, latte sipping, you know, NPR listening, which has done quite well. And Trump is feeding off that backlash. There are people living paycheck to paycheck, as they say here. And those people still support him, I would imagine. And do you think this all eventually, last question, do you think this all eventually spells good news for the, let's call it Bernie Sanders wing of the Democrat left? Because Bernie, if it, Bernie is to run again, he'll probably be too old by next time. But if he is to run again, his morality is not in question. And he appeals to voters who feel that they have lost out from globalisation and the last 20 years of America's economic life. Well, it's interesting, during the election, I met a lot of people at Trump rallies who had voted for Bernie in the primaries. Obviously, Hillary was the candidate and didn't then go to Hillary as a second choice, but went to Trump. So there will be a lot of angry and dispossessed voters if President Trump isn't around for reasons of Russia or reasons of Stormy Daniels or, or women and they will be looking for a home. It really all depends on if Trump goes down, how he goes down. Everybody is joking about the kind of salacious aspects of the stories these women are coming forward with, but while opinion polls may bounce up and down, there is a legal process, and that will go on under Robert Mueller or perhaps under some other judge on some other issue, irrespective of what the opinion polls are doing. If President Trump has to resign, or if it is shown that there was some conspiracy with Russia, or that he was blackmailable by the Russians. I don't think the Republican Party can recover from that in time for 2020 or even the election afterwards. This will be a small atomic bomb detonated in the heart of American political life. But as you say, it's not necessarily the Democrats that will benefit from this. Maybe it's a third party candidate. And I think we're going to be in for a wild, wild ride in American politics, whatever happens. Yes. And actually, one more question. If you were to bet, I'll give you three outcomes, Trump ends up coming out on top, wins the second term somehow. Two, he's brought down because of his uh, sexual history. Or three, Mueller kills him in his kill box over, over Russia collusion. Which one would you bet on first? Well, never predict is the good rule for any journalist. Yeah, you told um, me that but, last time I asked you. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my stock response, isn't it? So, look, it was very interesting to me that John Brennan, the former head of the CIA, was on television and asked, do you think the Russians have anything on Trump? And he said, yes, actually, I think it's plausible that the Russians do have something on Trump. This is a former head of the CIA saying he thinks that this is plausible. 
he didn't just ad-lib that response. He thought about it, and it screamed at me with sort of megaphone force. I'm told that another former senior intelligence official was speaking at a private fundraiser here in California, that's where I'm speaking from, and said that he didn't think President Trump would last out the year. So you feel that people in the intelligence community with whom Trump is at war do think there is something there. And if and in that case, then, you know, Trump's out. We still don't know if any of this is true. 18 months on, this is what the Republicans keep saying. There is no proof of anything yet. So your Trump triumphs outcome is equally plausible. So you wouldn't bet. I honestly, I, w- I really wouldn't bet. I'm avoiding your question. But you know, this is what makes this story so gripping, fascinating every single day. We don't know how this is going to end. It certainly is, Paul. Thanks very much as always. Thank you very much for listening. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And you can also subscribe to the magazine through our special podcast offer, which is on www.spectators.co.uk forward slash pod offer. And we'll even throw in a spectator moleskin notebook for people who take up that offer. 